You are listening to Motivating from the Six, episode 16. I'm excited for this one, guys. The life lessons that we can learn from the fastest man on earth. (laughs) Let's go. Welcome back to Motivating from the Six. This is a podcast that is intended to have you think, that is intended to motivate you to change the things around you for the better, to inspire you to have you stand up and just become an all-around better person so you can pursue the greatness within you that you have that you can put out into this world. I am Jeff Martin of jeffadmartin.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate all of you who have hit download, who have subscribed, who have just allowed me to bless your ears, your cars, your homes for just a brief moment in your life. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for that. So I have a quick announcement. It's the same one I've been given for the last couple weeks. We have an event that we're involved in and we're asking if you are in the Toronto area, Toronto, Canada, or anywhere close by, or even if you're not and you just want to mail it in, we're looking for school supplies to help out some kids who are in need. Some school supplies, some backpacks. If you are available uh, or if you're able to mail these things in, if you're able to get these things down, I'm going to ask you on Tuesday, August 29th, 2017 between 12 and 7 p.m. There's an event that's happening at the Boys and Girls Club of East Scarborough, and that's at 100 Galloway Road in Scarborough. And then on the east side of Toronto on Saturday, September 2nd, 2017 from 12 to 4 p.m. at the West End Worship Center, Church of God of Prophecy, and that's 1344 Martin Grove Road in Rexdale. If you are able to contribute to give backpacks, to give school supplies, we have a lot of kids who are in these priority neighborhoods who can really use your help. Also, what we're looking to do at these two events, we're looking to give free haircuts to these kids. Some of these kids really don't have, the, the parents really don't have the means to kind of get them prepared for school. So we're doing what we can to help out one another. We're doing what we can to support each other. So if you are a barber and you have some free time on either one of those dates, Tuesday, August 29th or Saturday, September 2nd, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to plead with you, please come on out and just give these kids some hope for the first day of school. Just allow them to start on a level that they may not have started before. It just gives them an opportunity to start on an even playing field on the first day of school. And it just gives them a great opportunity to learn. They don't have to worry about where their school supplies are coming from. They don't have to worry about not looking proper in school. They can just start school on an even playing field like everybody else and just have a fair, uh, you know, as much as it can be, a fair opportunity in learning. So if you are available on those days, thank you so much. I appreciate you, um, you know, uh, coming out if you can and donating if you can as well. Now, this episode, I'm so excited because I'm talking about one of the things in life that I absolutely love. See, I love boxing. That's one of my favorite sports, especially back in the day, the 90s, when it was dominated by heavyweights. I love football. I absolutely love, love, love the NBA, love basketball, love NCAA, just truly love basketball. But the one sport that I probably love the most is track and field. And I know you're thinking that track and field. But listen, like this is the thing. Track and field 
it looks like it only comes around every four years, right? When the Olympics come on, you hear about track, you hear about these sports, and people just go crazy for them. But the thing is, there's a season every single year, and oftentimes it's happening out in Europe with the Diamond League. They call it the Diamond League. And so, you know, I love track and field. I try to watch it as much as I can. I've been watching it since a child, and I just love the sport. So this is a perfect opportunity to give homage to the fastest man to ever walk this earth. And I'm talking about none other than Hussein St. Leo Bolt out of Jamaica. So Bolt has been running for a while now since, you know, I'm sure, you know, before he even started high school, he's been running and he's been making his mark on this world for such a long period of time. He is an eight-time gold medal Olympic winner. He is an 11-time world championship winner. He currently holds the title for the fastest runner in the 100-meter race at 9.58. He also holds the fastest record as well in the 200-meter at 19.19. And he got both of those in 2009. I'm talking about, again, Hussein Bolt, the fastest man to ever run. I would say. So there's a lot of things that have come out over the years. He has ran a number of races. He's lost very few. But if you really follow a career of someone of that magnitude, there's a lot of life lessons that you can get from him. And I say that because someone like him comes around once in a lifetime. Like you have the Michael Jordans, you have the the Bradys uh, of the NFL, and, and Hussein Bolt is just right in that category. He is so dominant in his field that it's something that we've never seen. If you go back in the history of record holders, Obviously, there's been record holders in the past, but no one has ever ran as fast as he has. And no one has dominated the sport of track more than he has. I'm thinking even Michael Phelps as well in swimming. Like someone like that, you don't get those type of athletes very often. It's a once in a lifetime type of thing. We may never see another Hussein Bolt type of athlete in track and field. So again, I want to pay homage to him. And again, when you pay attention to the things that he is doing in terms of on the field and what he's doing even off the field or to track, I should say, he has taken things just to another level. Like I'm talking about his humanitarian, uh, the, the things that he does in giving back, uh, ensuring that his community is taken care of. He just does some great things. There's a lot of life lessons that he's able to teach us. And so I've taken the time to pull out some of those life lessons to kind of go over so we can kind of explore them and look at them a little bit further and see some of the things that he's done, but also what can we take out of the greatness that he has done on the track and the greatness that he has done off the track as well. So let's go through some of these things that shows how great he is and also the life lessons that we can learn from the things that he's done. Number one, state your goals and make them a reality. And this is something that Bolt has been doing for a long time. See, at one point, Bolt was quoted saying, I told you all I was going to be number one. See, he's been saying that he was going to be the number one sprinter for a long time. He stated his goals and he made them a reality. Now, this is something that can be sometimes scary for all of us because we all have dreams. We all have aspirations. There's certain things that we may we may want to do in life, but we don't often pursue them. This is the thing. Bolt pursued 
his dream of becoming a track star. But his his ultimate dream was becoming the best to ever live. And for him to say, I told y'all I was going to be number one, it shows you that he's been saying that I'm going to be number one for a while now. And because he put it out there, he has to hold himself to a standard because now if you don't hit that record, people are going to say, yep, I told you you weren't going to make it. Now, as I mentioned, a lot of us have goals and a lot of us have dreams, but we find that we're a little scared. We're apprehensive in putting that out there. It's important that we put that information out there because once you put it out there, it now allows you to hold yourself accountable. So people are going to look and say, well, you've said this is what you're going to do. You need to follow through. Right. So I've always said that I want to be a speaker and I've been speaking now uh, at a number of different uh, places over the last while. But I want to become like a really affluent speaker. I want to be able to clean up my words. I want to be able to speak in front of thousands, if not millions of people. I want to be able to speak on different continents. Like that's a goal that I have for myself. And the fact that I put it out there, it allows me to push more towards my dream. Now, I could say these things to myself and keep it to myself, but I don't hold myself accountable. I don't allow other people to hold myself accountable. But when you put your dreams out there, when you put your goals out there, the things that you want to accomplish, now you you know, you know, have the world looking at you saying, well, you said this. Are you following through? And there's a saying that says, if you aim for the moon, you may just land on the stars. I may never get to the goal that I want. I may never achieve that, but at least it allows me to push forward and achieve this achieve as close to that goal as I'm able to achieve. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, he is a affluent speaker. He is a, a super entrepreneur and his goal is to buy the New York Jets. That's his goal. And he tells everybody that I'm going to buy the New York Jets. Now, he also says that he may never get to that goal like that, but he's putting it out there that he wants to buy the New York Jets. And so he stated his goal and he's pushing to make it a reality. And even if he doesn't ever get to buy the New York Jets, the football team, at least he can enjoy the process getting there, making the money, becoming that entrepreneur or being that super entrepreneur, teaching people along the way and doing what he can to earn enough money to buy the New York Jets. If he never gets there, it's a great process along the way. And that's exactly what I'm saying here with Hussein Bolt. He stated he was going to be number one. Even if he never got to that status, the, the, the process of trying to get to that was just absolutely great. So a lesson that we can learn from Hussein here is state your goals and push to make them a reality. Number two, you must want it more than the other competitors. Hussein Bolt was quoted in saying, those seven guys behind you in that lane, they want it as much as you want it. So you have to want it more. This is why you train harder. You must want it more than the other competition. You know, one of the speakers that I love, Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher, E.T. the hip hop preacher, he always says, you will not outwork me. You may be better at a certain skill. You may dress better than me. You may be more articulate. You may read better than me, whatever it might be, but you will not outwork me. You do not have a will that's stronger than me. I will always continuously outwork you. And that's exactly what Hussein is talking about here. You must want it more than the competition. There's always going to be people out there who are hungry and want to get whatever goal it is that you want to get. Like many of us have very similar goals. There's a lot of people who want to be authors. There's a lot of people who 
want to be singers, a lot of people who want to become doctors, whatever it is. There are as many people out there who want the same goals as you. However, how bad do you want it and how much are you willing to push? How much are you willing to fight to make that happen? You see, when you're looking at track, they all start at the exact same spot. And so it's a very fair race. All of them are starting at the starting block. And at the end of the race, it all comes down to your sheer power. Like what can your physical body do? Can your physical body push you past all the other rate, all the other runners? In life, we know that's not the same thing. We all start at different places in life, whether it be based on how you were born, based on your education, based on your social circumstances. We all start at different places in life. And we know that's not fair. Sure, it's not fair. It's not going to be a 100 meter, 200 meter race, you know, but it's life. That's what life is. You're going to start at different places. What are you going to do with what you have? How are you going to take advantage of your circumstance? Because in the end, if someone starts in front of you, you can still pass them, so to speak, in life based on the fact that you have more will, you have more want, you have more push. And that's something you're able to do just on the sheer fact that you want it more than the competition. Lesson number three, it really doesn't matter where you start as long as you finish. See, Bolt again was quoted in saying, there are better starters than me, but I'm a strong finisher. So it kind of goes back to what I was just talking about. We all don't start at the same spot in life, but how do you finish? You may start behind the eight ball. You may be from a crummy, a horrible circumstance in life where you've had to battle some, some real dismal type circumstances. But how do you come out of that? And when you come out of that, how fast do you run? How much do you make that your determination to push you forward? Do you use that for fuel or do you use that to hinder you and pull you down? There are a lot of people, both rich and poor. Don't I, I don't want people to think that being rich or coming from an affluent type circumstance means that you're guaranteed success because it doesn't mean that. And in my opinion, to be honest, if you come from a, a tough circumstance where you're going through some real hard uh, situations in life, that's something that you can use as fuel to push you past to make you just want more in life rather than staying in that exact same spot spinning your wheels. So it really doesn't matter where you start as long as you finish and you finish well. Case in point number four, regardless of whether you improve, you know the world is going to do that anyway. So Bolt was quoted in saying, I always had to keep improving my skills in order to remain competitive and keep winning. You got to make sure that you improve your skills every single day. If you got to grind, if you got to hustle something that you're working on, you have to work on it every single day. There's always someone who's behind you who's looking to surpass you. You have to work on it every day. It's tough to say that you're a singer and you don't sing every day. You're not stretching those vocal cords. You're not trying new riffs and different things that you can do with your voice. You become stale. And as time goes on, your voice won't have the same effect that it used to have. If you are a singer, you have to practice. You have to sing every day. You have to work on those vocals every day. A musician, they don't just become a musician overnight. They work on those skills. Like if anyone has taken piano lessons or any type of lessons, you know, as a child, you start off with those chopsticks, right? That do, 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 Sorry, I apologize, but you start off with those chopsticks, right? And you move on until you can become this affluent type classical or whatever it is type uh, musician. 
and you are now playing with the best of the best. But you have to start somewhere. You have to work on your skill every single day because the world is moving forward. Even if you're not moving forward, the world is moving forward. So if you decide that you're going to stay stagnant, if you're going to decide that the failure that you faced is going to you know, have you under the covers of your bed and you just don't want to come out and face the world, you can do that if that's what you choose to do. But the world continues to spin. Your competition continues to get better. The people around you continue to improve. You have to get, as they said, get back on that horse. You have to get back in the race and win. You know what? Speaking of getting back in the race, if you Google Mo Farah, Mo Farah is a runner. He's uh, born in Somalia and he ran for Great Britain. I don't want to get too much far off topic here, but he ran for Great Britain. When he was running, I believe it was the 10,000 meter race in the Rio Olympics. At one point when he was running around, the runners were so tight in their field when they were running that he tripped on somebody's foot in front of him and fell. He fell on that track and a number of people passed him. He quickly got up. And he pushed past every single person who ran past him. He pushed back, pushed by every single person who was in front of him before he fell. And he ran that race and came first and got the gold medal. Just crazy. Mofara is a crazy, crazy runner. So that's what I'm saying. Regardless of whether you improve or not, the world is going to improve anyway. Like in that race example I just gave, the race continued. Mofara fell, but the race continued. But he was able to get up. He was able to stand up and continue to push past his competition and win the race. The world continues to turn regardless if you want to keep moving or stop. It's going to keep moving. So it's important that you continue on your skills, improving on your skills so you can continue to just become better in your field, whatever that might be. Okay, here's another point. Use both the support and the hate that you get as motivation. This is what Bolt said. Thanks to all my fans who supported me and to all my doubters. Thank you very much because you guys also pushed me. See, we got to start using the negativity around us as fuel. I touched on this earlier. We got to continue to push towards our goals regardless of what people are saying if somebody has your back and they're like yo good job keep it up that's definitely fuel that's something that you love to hear we all love to hear that we all love to hear the praise that we can get in circumstances but sometimes you're gonna have people come to you and say yo that wasn't all that that was horrible what are you doing you're wasting your time you got to use that as fuel you have to use those doubters the people that hated on you as fuel I know that behind the scenes, there was words that was said between um, U.S. sprinter Gatling and some other sprinters against Bolt. And Bolt said, OK, no problem. I'll use that as fuel. And rather than getting upset, rather than wanting to fight these guys, he said, I'm going to take it out on that track. And the next time I run into these fools, I'm going to take them out. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to take them out with my feet. And he did that pretty much every single time. And so that's what it comes down to using the support that you get, which is obvious, but also using the doubters, using the haters, using those negative comments as fuel to push you. A lot of people do that. And you and I both need to continue to do that to push forward, to prove these people wrong. That's what we need to do. You know, we just finished watching the World Games, the World Track, the IAAF uh, track and field meet. And Hussein Bolt has now officially retired. So in the 100 meter race, he went out and he was against uh, a new up and coming kid from the U.S., Coleman, and also one of his longtime rival rivals 
35-year-old Justin Gatling. Justin Gatling, every time he touched that track from the heat to the semifinals to the finals, every time he, tr- he touched that track, everybody in the stands booed him, right? They booed him. And it was held in London, England. Everybody in the stands booed him. And so he used that as fuel. So when he got in that when he got in the starting block and he stood there and he knelt down with the rest of the runners, including with Bolt, and he ran his rates, he was actually in the eighth lane. And if you know anything about track and field, you know that the slower runners tend to be on the outside lanes. The faster runners tend to be on the inside lanes, like lane four and five. So I believe, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, Gatling was in lane number eight and he came and he used that as fuel and he fought through and he actually beat Hussein Bolt in his last official race. So you have to use the negative things as fuel. Gatling said to himself, all right, people are going to boo me. No problem. I'm going to use that as fuel. I'm going to use that to push me forward. We have to allow both the supporters and the haters and the words that they say to use that as motivation. Another key element that we can learn from Hussein Bolt, let your personality come out. Bolt was quoted in saying, when people see your personality come out, they feel so good, like they actually know who you are. And isn't that true? Like from the very first moment we laid eyes on Bolt as a runner on the the big stage, he's always had such a huge personality. Before the race, he does a bunch of things. He, he plays up to the crowd. His personality is huge. And then after he wins, you could find him dancing, you know, on the track. You could find him just doing all these crazy things. He played his personality up to who he was. He didn't, you know, stone face like some of these other uh, sprinters do. He actually played up who he was and let the world know who he, who he was. He didn't hide that. And so the world loved that. They fell in love with that. You have to allow your personality, who you are, to come out. And I get it. When you are grinding, when you are pushing towards the goals that you have, sometimes you can take life very, very seriously. And I can do that sometimes as well. I know that. This is a lesson for me as well. You have to use your personality and allow the world to see your personality because that's what's going to allow people to fall in love with you. When you have a product that you're putting out there, when you have whatever it is that you're trying to sell of yourself, when you're trying to sell who you are, your personality comes along with it. Like, for example, I know a couple of real estate agents and a couple of these real estate agents that I know, their personalities are just crazy. Like these are guys are like class clowns. They'll have you laughing from left to right. And that's even before they talk to you about trying to sell a house. You fall in love with their personality. And it's easier for you to say, you know what? I'm going to use this guy in the future if I have to buy a home because their personality is just so outgoing. On the flip side, I also know some real estate agents who their personality is straight up awful. And even before you know that's the profession, if you were to meet this person within the first three minutes, you're going to realize how stale of an individual they are. You know, I don't know if that's a real personality or if they're doing that because they think that's the professional look. I'm not sure. But, you know, it's going to be a situation where you're going to look at them and be like, I don't know if I want to use this guy because I can't really relate to this guy. You have to allow your personality, the the, the beauty, the rainbow of your personality to come out in everything that you do. People are going to fall in love with you for who you are before you have any products coming out, before you can sell yourself. People have to fall in love with you for who you are. So let your personality stand on its own. Let your personality come out. And tied into that, 
another point I want to say, enjoy the process. Again, Hussein Bolt, every time he was on that track, he enjoyed it. And if you watch the final race just like that came on the other day, the, the World Games, you would see that even in Hussein's loss, when he lost the 100-meter race against Gatling, the world was looking at him to win before he retired. And he lost this race. When he was done, he congratulated Gatling. He, he still bowed to the crowd. He clapped. He, he was, you know, he just had a great, great personality. And he just enjoyed the process. And he was even quoted afterwards in saying that, yeah, you know, I lost the race and it's not the way I want to go out, but I enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you so much for the fans, for, who, for the people who supported me. Thank you, everybody who has been there over the years. I've appreciated this whole time. And, you know, he, he was just very appreciative of that. So he enjoyed the process of while he was going through everything, he was able to look at it and just have fun. And he worked hard. We know that he worked super, super hard, but he was able to enjoy the whole process. And the last point I want to make, the last life lesson that I think we can learn from Hussein St. Leo Bolt is to never give up. Never give up. See, there's a little known fact that a lot of people don't know. Hussein Bolt really started to make a name for himself in the 2008 Olympics. But if you go back four years prior to that, to 2004, the Athens Olympics, Hussein Bolt was there. He was 17 years old. He was inexperienced. He was still a runner, obviously, for Jamaica, but very, very inexperienced. And he had no clout, no name for himself, so to speak. And he went out and he ran during the heats. So when it comes to track, you need to run in the heats. If you can win the heats or have a really good time in the heats, you move on to the semifinals. And if you have a good time or win the semifinals, you move on to the finals. Hussein Bolt ran in the fifth heat in the 200 meter uh, race. He came fifth in the heat. So if you go back, you can Google it. You can, or actually you can YouTube it. Type in Hussein Bolt 2004 Athens Olympics. You will see that he was racing against a bunch of guys that no one's ever heard of. And, you know, shout out to them because they are true athletes. They are Olympians. So I don't want to take anything away from them. But he was racing against guys that we have never heard of and have not heard of since 2004. And Bolt came in fifth, not third, fourth. He came in fifth against these individuals. So rather than giving up, because I imagine, you know, like many Olympians who get out there, there's people who are saying you have reached a high heights. That's amazing. You know, be proud of where you are. Congratulations, which is great. But rather than looking at that and saying, OK, well, at least I'm an Olympian and at least, you know, I can stop here because I've done my best. Bolt said to himself, "Nah, that's not it. This is not going to be the last time I've been to, I'm going to the Olympics. And so he continued to push to improve himself. He did not give up like many people do. And I'm not just talking about athletes. I'm talking about many people in life. We give up when we have an opportunity. It doesn't go well. We give up. We walk away. We throw our hands in the air and say, well, at least I tried. Hussein said to himself, I'm here. I'm 17 years old. I have so much more track career to go. I'm not giving up. Like This is not going to be the last time you're going to see me. Going back to point number one, I'm going to be the best runner in the world. And so he pushed from the age of two... From the age of 17, he pushed and pushed. And even though in his very first race, he came fifth in the 200 meters, 
He turned things around. He became the fastest runner to ever grace this earth. So there's so many lessons that can be learned. These are just a few things I want to pull out from the career of the greatest runner to ever live. Now, it's funny because I like to look at life and try to pull out life lessons. Because I think that every day, no matter how mundane you believe your life is or your days are, you go to work, you come home, you go to work, you come home, there's always lessons to be learned every single day. If you just kind of take the time, if you slow your day down, put things in a bit in into a slow motion, so to speak, and really pay attention to the things going on in your day, there's a lot of life lessons that can be learned. And so for me, you know, watching Hussein Bolt's career, I've noticed these life lessons and I just want to bring them to you. I wanted to show you uh, the things that he has done as such a great um, athlete and also a great individual, just a great individual in terms of the work that he's doing outside of the sport as well. And so these are some of the life lessons that we can learn from Hussein and we can apply to our own life. All right, good people, listen up. There's life lessons that can be learned every single day. And I want to take some of the life lessons that we learned from such a great athlete, someone who has conquered so many things and won so many accolades in his life, Hussein Bolt. He has taught us, it doesn't matter where you start as long as you finish. He's also taught us, regardless of whether you improve, the world will continue to improve. So you gotta continue to push forward. You gotta continue to keep grinding, regardless of what's going on in your circumstances. Circumstance. He's also taught us to bo use both support and hate as motivation. When people come to you with the hate, when people come to you with a negative comment, you can't allow that to eat you up. You have to turn that around and prove them wrong. Use that as fuel and prove them wrong. He has shown us, Hussein Bolt has shown us, you must want it more than your competition. How bad do you want it? How bad are you willing to fight for it, to get it? How much are you willing to put in? How much work are you willing to put in? How early are you willing to get up in that morning? How late are you willing to stay up at night? What are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to sacrifice that game, watching that game? Are you willing to sacrifice watching that reality show? What are the things you're willing to put aside to continue to grind to become the best? These are just a few things that we've learned from one of the greatest athletes in the world. Everything around you, there's a lesson. Find the lesson that you can learn and use it to grow you, use it to inspire you, use it to change your world. But whatever you do, never stop moving, never stop grinding, and always continue to become the best person that you could become within your area. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. I appreciate it so much. Do me a favor, go on. Please, please, please leave a review on iTunes. That would be so much appreciated. Much love, guys. See you at the top of the next episode. Peace.